A few days before my self-imposed expiration date, I had given myself a timeline because the pain that I was feeling, the agony was so extreme and overwhelming. And I think a lot of people don't realize this. When I hear it on the news, they talk about people who are suicidal or have taken their life by suicide, that they're selfish or they were just depressed. For me, and I know for other people who've shared their testimony, there was in, immense pain, incredible pain, agonizing pain. Behind all the glamour. Behind the Lux listings. A raw take on all things real estate. All things New York City. All, all things, things us. us. Okay, this is Steve Cohn. We're here with Real Talk Season 2. And today, Tim is not with us, but I have a very special guest, Vivachi Max Victor, who is welcome. Thank you. You look amazing. Wow. Thank you. Earrings, that jacket. You can borrow it. All right, there you go. I don't know how I'll pull that off, but all right. So Vivachi is a coach of mine, my life coach. And we've been working together for since 2019. Yes. And I have had, I've just, the work for me has been very powerful. I've had what I believe some incredible breakthroughs and growth and important moments. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your important moments with me. <laughs> I love you help, it. You helped me get there. Yes. Um, all right. So I'm just going to do a little bit of intro who you are, a little bit of your bio, and then we'll, we'll dive in. So you have a bachelor and a master's in biology, and you graduated from Cornell Medical School, correct? Yeah, the surgical PA program, yes. Wow. And you were in medicine for 12 years. Yes. And then... Moved over to coaching, which you've been coaching now 11 years? Yes. That's incredible. That's quite a transition. Now, I know that you coach a lot of people in the real estate industry. That's how we got together through you know, one of your coaching clients, who's a friend of mine. But I'm also aware, not just in New York City, but nationally, internationally, you have clients. Yes. And you coach people in finance, tech, uh, the medical profession, law, executive recruiters, CEOs, CFOs. I mean, you really are not just real estate. You're you coaching every industry. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank that's, you. But I, I, I love it. Yeah, I imagine though. Listen, if you're a good coach, you can coach really to anything because yes. you're coaching people. Yes. Right. And exactly. that, that's the common denominator. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. And then here's the fun part. So Vivachi is blowing up, and she's on Fox. Business News, Fox News, you do pieces on law and crime TV, court TV, you speak on trauma, you've been on Million Dollar Listing, and most recently, the new Netflix show, Buying Beverly Hills, which yes. is really blowing up. I know, they did a really good job. Yeah, and you've been featured on a few episodes, so... One episode. One episode. Oh, I know, they need to bring me back. Well, I feel like Season you... Season two. I don't know, your, pre your presence, do it. it felt like you were there more. But anyway, so there you have it. Today, I just want to talk to Vivachi. I thought it'd be fun to talk about coaching. Yes. You know, a lot of people coach, they have coaches, like any industry... You can have a good lawyer, a bad lawyer. You can have a good, a good realtor, realtor or, bad, yeah. <laughs> or a bad realtor. Right. But I, I've i had a really, as I said, powerful experience working with you, and I wanted to share that with others. Thank you. And, and just wanted to just talk to you about who you are, what your background is, what it is that you do that you think is different and special in your coaching. Okay. All right? So I just have a few notes because I don't want to miss anything. I just Let's jotted do down it. some things that I wanted to ask you about. I All love right. that you have notes. So tell me, first off, just give me a little bit of your, where did you grow up? What's your childhood background? That Just 
quick, quick on that. Quick on that. I uh, was born in Iran. I lived in Iran for a bunch of years. Then we moved to London. I lived in London. And then we moved to the States. I didn't even know you were in London. I, I was actually in London. Oh, there you go. And so your whole family came over? Yes. Okay, got it. And the so you were in the medical profession. And well, let me back up. I know your story because you've shared it, not just with me, but you've publicly shared it with you. You were in the medical profession for 12 years. You were thriving, doing well, but deep down, and you hear these stories, you were actually suffering and in pain, not happy. Yes. Miserable. And, and at one point, suicidal. Yes. To the point where you actually planned a day and time of if you were to go through this. My expiration date. Yeah, your yes. expiration date. Wow. I mean, I'm going to ask you just as a layperson, but you as a coach, you obviously you have to be at a very low point to actually not just it's not just the moment you are planning this out. So yes. your pain and your you're being miserable was so deep and every day that it was like you got to a point where I have to plan this because I can't keep going on this way. Right. And it wasn't from the medicine, right? It was the incredible amount of trauma that I had I had been through as a child mm-hmm. that I had never processed. And so it just crescendoed. And there was a moment where it just overflew. And I could I couldn't I couldn't handle it. So would you say that right, I appreciate it wasn't medicine. Maybe you didn't love medicine, maybe you did, but no matter what you would have been in, it was the trauma. That would have overcome anything. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, I was so academically forward that I just disregarded all the trauma that had happened to me, and I just literally just ignored it till one day when I couldn't ignore it anymore. I never went to therapy. I never got help. I never talked about it. I never brought it up. I just pretended like that was then and this is now, and it's irrelevant, so why bring it up? So how did you, so how did that expiration date not happen? Uh, A few days before my self-imposed expiration date, I had given myself a timeline because the pain that I was feeling, the agony was so extreme and overwhelming. And I think a lot of people don't realize this. When I hear it on the news, they talk about people who are suicidal or have taken their life by suicide, that they're selfish or they were just depressed. For me, and I know for other people who've shared their testimony, there was immense pain, Mm. incredible pain, agonizing pain. I liken it to, I would wake up in the morning and it was like a jackhammer that got louder and louder and louder every minute of the day. The pain. The the pain, the psychological pain that I was experiencing. So it wasn't that I was quote unquote depressed. I was in agony. I was in pain. I couldn't handle it. I just... I just wanted to go to sleep. The only way I could get rid of it was to go to sleep. And when I would wake up, it would wake up again. And then it would get worse and worse and worse and worse throughout the day. So it was very intolerable, very, very intolerable. So a few days before my self-imposed expiration date, a friend of mine told me about a brain scan. I got on a plane I and I had a panic attack on the plane. I was just not well. I flew to another state. I wasn't sure if this brain scan was a real thing or if it was some hoax. Mm. I did it anyway because it was a few days before. And I was willing to help myself, but nothing was working. But I also didn't have therapy. So so can I ask you, that's interesting, willing yeah. to help yourself, but yet you did not put yourself in therapy, coaching, anything. Well, I had I've, I'd gone to all these personal development seminars for many, many, many years. Right. But did I address my actual trauma? No. And you never thought therapy might be No, I thought needed? it was inefficient. I thought it was a waste of time. It was inefficient. Why would I talk about the past? It's irrelevant. It happened back then. 
let's talk about moving forward. And I was very goal oriented. So even right. with picking my expiration date, I was goal oriented. This is a date. I was very, very goal oriented. That's so interesting. I mean, I imagine we've talked about this. You yeah. see the value in therapy. I mean, I, so when I went to get the brain scan, yeah. that's when it started. So I, I, uh, they had this intake form and the intake form had many, many, many questions on it. And the questions were, I don't remember, it was like four or five was the highest mark. You know, how often do you think about suicide? Five. Have you, you know, thought of the way? Yes. Did you have this type of abuse? Yes. Did you have this type of abuse? Yes. Did you have this type of abuse? Everything was a yes. So, and yes, at the highest level. And so I sat with uh, the doctor and she was looking at my intake form. She's like, do you have a job? I said, yes. She said, do you have friends? I said, yes. She's like, do you have money? I said, yes. She's like, how? And I'm like, lady, I'm suicidal, right? I overcompensated in those other areas, but internally I was dying. So I was able to manage the external. I looked normal. Mm -hmm. I looked fine. Mm -hmm. No one could tell anything. Um, I was used to that, to presenting that way, because I had to. I worked in a very high-stress environment in, in medicine. It was very competitive. So you had to show up. And I would just show up at a level 10. And then inside, I was dying. So I... Um, so, so we... I, we yes. Yeah. There's so much. Wow. I want to ask you. First, I want to get to, so what happened with the brain scan? So we did the brain scan. And again, yeah. I didn't know if this was a le legitimate or a scam, but she gave me an alleged brain scan of a normal person, although nobody's normal, but a normal person and then mine. And then she said, hey, look at these regions of your brain. They're hyperactive and you've had incredible trauma and you need help. And I said, so it's not all in my head that I'm just being negative. She's like, you're not being negative. This right. is biologically, neurologically, this is happening. So she put me on a medication, which is in the class of anti-seizure medication. And she also told me I had ADHD. And I said, lady, I don't have ADHD. I can't focus because I'm in such pain. Mm. Uh, so she sat, she had me sit in front of a, a computer and take a test. She's like, take this test. You have ADHD. And I said, wouldn't it have shown up in all my years of academics? So anyway, I sit there, I take the test, and I fail the test. And she said, Meaning I told, you had yeah, ADHD. Allegedly. Yeah. So she said, you have ADHD. And I'm like, but I don't. I can't focus because I'm in pain. So anyway, she wasn't listening to me. So I was suicidal. She wasn't listening to me. She put me on the anti-seizure uh, class of medications. And then she also gave me an ADHD medication. And I was so desperate, I just started taking it. And the problem was later on, and again, I had a medical degree, so I could do this more uh, safely. Uh, later on, when I tried to wean myself off those drugs, it said in the drug leaflet that you can become suicidal if, if you take yourself off of it in the wrong way. So the whole thing was just the medications helped me short term to be able to then go to like every type of therapy and coaching possible to mm. try to help myself. So it downregulated that level 10 agony was just more zen. And then I spent a lot of time, money, resources, energy, uh, tried every type of help possible to help myself. But you you did wean yourself off the medication. I did. And in a safe way, because right. you had to do it in a safe way. But, uh, you know, I felt like I felt like cutting my arms. It was it was not easy. I mean, I tried cutting my arms. It, uh, it was not easy, but just like to cut them, not in a suicide oh, attempt, but like just try it now. It bothers me. <laughs> In that moment, it just felt like I could get it out. I understand. Yeah. I understand. That's what people say. So I want to ask you two things. First, I find it fascinating. And I mean, more and more, we know this. Yeah. The, the person walking around who's depressed or suicidal or in such pain inside, it doesn't 
they're not necessarily showing it to the outside world. Yes. And they could look like everything is perfect. Especially high achievers. I think high achievers were, were trained to mask our emotion. And that in, in many, many ways helps us to be more, quote unquote, successful in the external world in business. Is there a way for someone to detect if you're to know if a loved one is actually or really it's that I well think, hidden? I think if someone looked into my eyes, yeah. they would have known that I was dead inside. Wow. When I see photos of myself, I can see that I was dead inside. It's so funny. I'm looking in your yeah. eyes and they're alive, I'm alive. And I know what you mean by that. Yeah. There, I was vacant. Nobody right. was home. So, and of course, in my culture, you don't discuss these things right. <laughs> for, at all. So that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. Culture. And again, thank God we live today in a world where we talk ment more about mental illness and what people are feeling or experiencing where it was taboo. Well, it is still taboo in the Middle East. Right. It is still taboo in my, my family of origin. My family's not comfortable with how overt I am about my— but actually, they never bring it up. Nobody has ever brought up the suicide thing. Mm. I mean, I have a video on it, which you yeah. saw on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've addressed it on national television, <laughs> and they still, nobody has ever brought it up. They act like it's never happened. Amazing. Yeah. So let me ask you, as deep as you want to go, and you have talked about it and shared it. I am so open. You're I believe that the open truth, yeah. yeah, the truth heals. Okay. So you, you're you referring to the trauma, and that's where the pain came from. Yes. Can you share what some of the trauma was? Well, you've seen the video. Mm -hmm. I would rather not get into, I am an open book, which is why there's a video on it. But retelling the story re is very re-traumatizing for me. It's no longer, I mean, at that moment when I did it, it was helpful. Yeah. But the level of pain was extraordinary. So if, I'm happy to share the link if any of your viewers want to go watch the actual story, right. they can. But I believe that we're wiring ourselves. And if we keep talking about the trauma, we we'll keep rewiring the trauma right. deeper and deeper and activating that neural pathway. And my goal is to activate a neural pathway of wellness and well-being. Right. So I don't deny that it happened. And the video is there if anyone wants to reference it. But I think by constantly talking about it, it's not helpful. So we can definitely, we can reference it. But what I will you say first— You can share your like, experience of watching it. Uh, that's what I'm yeah. where, exactly where I'm going. When I watched the video, which was well into our coaching— Because I hadn't even told you. No. I was so moved by it, and it actually for days really affected me and stayed with me. So, like we've talked about in the past— Everyone has their own trauma. Yes. You know, it's not little T, big T. It's whatever your trauma was. Your story really moved me, though. It's, it's quite moving. <laughs> and the fact that you're who you are helping so many people. and some That is the say, driving force, right? That is the driving force. I don't want anyone to suffer the way that I suffered. I suffered so immensely and so deeply. I wasn't conditioned to get help. We were conditioned to deny everything. Mm -hmm. It... It was agonizing, and I don't—it just infuriates me that people are suffering. And so I left my medical career to start coaching. Once I got out of the whole suicide thing, once I learned how to decode my own pain, and I understood what I needed, because I would go to all these therapists, like anyone I went to, and they would be more maddening because they weren't able to help me. Mm -hmm. And I would feel more and more and more defeated. So I know even people who've gone—who tell me that they've gone through 
whether it's a therapist or a life coach or mental health expert, whoever they've gone to, sometimes it's so uh, upsetting that you don't get the help that you need. And then you feel there's something wrong with you, that you're fundamentally fucked up and you can't be helped. And that's just not true. You just need to find the right type of help. So I took all the methods that didn't work for me, and I made sure I don't include them in my coaching, mm -hmm. and then to only use things that actually fundamentally helped me transform. And I said, if I was that screwed up and it could, and it helped me transform authentically, deeply, from a very, like the most internal part of me, then I'm using the same strategies and techniques to help people like you and other people. All right. So before we get to your coaching, yeah. I just want to... <laughs> close the, the loop on it. this that what was the help because you talk about the therapy that didn't work the processes that didn't work was there one coach or you finally found one person and you connected I, and they understood you on a deeper level i think the biggest thing that helped me was to give myself permission to speak my truth mm -hmm. over and over and over i was never heard and so i needed to just share my truth and I, I just needed to get it out and I needed to be heard. So I think just sharing your truth is so healing. Right. It wasn't a specific person, but for me, as you know, it's my higher power and it's learning to decode that voice of my higher power and to listen to that. And that's very healing. But I do, I have been working with a life coach for years now. I, I had a two hour session with her right. yesterday. So I do have the support that I need now, but I want to share this for your viewers out there. If you've gone to five people or you've gone to 10 people and they were not able to help you for whatever reason, if it wasn't a fit, don't give up on yourself and keep, for the love of God, going to different people. You have to, it's like coaching, finding a life coach or a therapist to me is like dating. You have to find the right one for you. And so I want to encourage people to get the help that they need. I tried everything, but I also read tons and tons of books. I spent many, many hours journaling. I wrote and I wrote and mm -hmm. I wrote. I did everything that I could. I think because I tried so many things, something clicked. But it wasn't one specific thing that was the answer to my prayers. Got it. Okay. So now I'm going to, you brought up your coaching mm -hmm. and your higher power. So me, we, we, you know, coach and we have a session once a week and we talk, I'm always amazed. First of all, I'm amazed at how I don't know how you do it or how you take notes, but literally I can speak for 10 minutes and you can regurgitate back exactly what I said, almost word for word. So that's a power unto itself. I'm not going to ask your secret. Better, I'm going to ask, so tell me what it is. You have all this experience, what didn't work. What is it that you do that you bring that, frankly, it's so powerful. I can say for me, yeah. and I've referred you to people, what I say to people is, for me, it's very deep and spiritual. Yes. But she'll go to whatever level you're at. I That's a language I speak. But I have to imagine you, anyone you're working with, it's not just, there aren't, maybe it is some people where it's just the surface level. Do this, do this, do this. I can't imagine that's the coaching you're doing, though. But tell me, when you talk, you go to the different, the level of each person and where they're willing to go. Tell me about that. If I had a coaching client of mine who referred many, many people for me and she, to me, and she said, hey, Vivace, I know you coach this person, this person, this person, this person. Right. We're all so different. How do you do it? I said, if I deeply connect with a person, then I can understand them. And if I can understand them and where they are today and what their goal is, I can help them to get from point A to point B. So it's really connecting with someone. But a client of mine recently told me this. She said, Vivace, you hear our higher power before we can hear it. Wow. 
And then you tell us what our higher power is saying. And then once you say it back to us, then we can receive it. So it's actually the client's own genius being revealed. That is powerful. Wow. Okay. And you've had many of those moments yourself, right? I Where have, I'm like, um, that's what this I'm is what your higher about. power just said, right. right? Write this down. Anyone right. who's coached with me knows the magic words, write this down. Your higher power just said this, write right. this down. And it's so true. When you write yeah. it down or hear you saying it or, or I don't, you know, I'm not writing fast and I'm yes. like, wait, say that again. Yes. You do hear it and, and I respond to it, it differently. Yes. And I have a visceral reaction to people sharing stories. I can see, I can zigzag to the end line. I just see it. Like when you're sharing a story, I see the answer. I either see it or I feel it. And so that's why uh, the coaching is effective with so many people because I can connect deeply and then immediately see it and feel it. Be like, why don't you just do this? Have you thought about that? It's, uh, it's very, it's like it's, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it or I'm feeling it. And people Deeply. come to you for, clients come to you for all different goals. Yeah, and, a lot of them are financial goals, which right. I love. Yeah. Well, we, we've talked about finances yeah. a lot. So it's pr- financial goals, personal development goals. It's self-esteem, uh, self-confidence. Some of it is to deal with prior trauma and things that the person hasn't handled. Um, I believe all of it comes down to self-worth. Mm-hmm. And then for us to enrich our self-worth so that we have a different relationship with ourselves and with life and with where we believe we belong in life. And so Deepak Chopra says, if you have a desire, it means you have the ability to manifest that desire. Mm-hmm. And so if a client comes to me with an earnest desire, I know they have the ability to manifest it. And my job is to help them help navigate. Them navigate. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. So it's really exciting. I enjoy the process. So tell me who's, what's the best kind of client? And I don't mean industry, the best the co- personality. Hungry. Yeah. hungry. Okay. Hungry, hungry for? Hungry for transformation. Yeah. Open, transparent. If you're hungry, you're open, you're transparent, we're going to make magic. Have you ever had someone you just couldn't work with them? Typically, I think energetically, they just don't come to me because mm-hmm. my energy is You so don't sp- attract them? Yeah, yeah, I don't attract them. I don't, most, a lot of my business, at least before the television shows, were from referrals. Mm-hmm. So people wouldn't even refer that type of character. Or if they would come, maybe it would be one coaching session. Uh, they don't come. They don't come to me. It's amazing. I, get hard, that, I mean, that's such I an energy thing. I get hardcore gangsters who want right. to change. People right. who really want to transform. I love that. All right. And then as a coach, how do you prep for a coaching call? And then how do you maybe like, some of it's heavy stuff. It is really heavy like, stuff. Like, how do you undo it and then move it, you know, prepare for the next one? Uh, so, heavy stuff. And you have a lot of clients in one yeah. day. You go from like... Call to call to call. It's a lot. Yeah. So ha- it's tell me about that. Uh, I don't know how I do it. It is the grace you re- of God. You don't have a process. So the process that I, so I did this years ago and I think I just got into the system of it. Like now I just automatically, my body does it. Mm-hmm. But years ago when I first started coaching, I wanted to be very technically correct. So I would score myself on a technical uh, <laughs> level, like zero to 10. I'd give myself a grade after each yeah, call. That's so, that you've let, so that go, right? let, yeah, yeah. let that go. Yeah, I've let it go. But again, I was yeah. very like goal yeah. oriented, right? So this is the way I was trained in medicine. You measured everything. So I would like give myself a score. And so I was doing these coaching calls and I felt like I was really good. I was on it and I'd give myself a score. But then I'm like, but they're not tra- a high score, right? But I'm like, but they're not trans. Transforming. So theoretically, the call was good. Right. But then I was like, but why aren't they transforming? Like, I just 
And then I was like, well, then they can't be good if they didn't transform. If the end goal is transformation, yeah, the right? goal you is transformation. Have a good call. So right. if yeah. I gave the right D-frame to that objection, but the client didn't transform, then what was the value of it, even though I was technically correct? So I started doing this thing and then everything changed. Which is? I just had this intuition to do this. And I know it may not make logical, rational sense, but it worked. I said, okay, next time before I pick up the phone, I'm just going to center myself. I'm going to sit there and say, I'm creating the space for your transformation. I'm creating the space for your transformation. And I would literally do that. So the phone would ring and I would sit there while it was ringing. I'll sit in front of it watching it ring. And I'd say, I'm creating the space for your transformation. And from that moment, my intent was their transformation. And then everybody transformed. And I so I had to get an alignment that my intention was their transformation rather than being in my ego that my intent was to correctly deframe the objection. It changed that spiritual shift, shifted everything. And then I did that for a while. Mm. And then I just learned that my intent was their transformation. And so now you just go there. That's I just, what you I do. just, I'm automatically, let's do it. The goal is your transformation. So if anyone comes to me, it's like, what do you want? How do you get it? How do we get you to get out of your way? Boom, boom, boom. Let's do this. You got this. It's happening. That's amazing. So I can tell you from my own experience, mm -hmm. I won't go into it, but I remember our first call and I was like, oh my God, wow, this is what we're dealing with. Yeah. Like, it it's was like a machine gun. Deep <laughs> and heavy. And that's what you pay for. That's what we pay for. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. I mean, if we're going to do the work, we should really get into it. Okay, let's get uh, into it. And it's not always easy, but right. the good and if, stuff and never is. And if a is. client is not ready to transform, don't come to me. Don't right. waste your money. Go hang out. Do something else. Must be hungry to transform. Because otherwise, it's boring for me if someone's not committed to transformation. And then I have this client. You would appreciate the story. So now I share the story on every new client's first call. So I had a client of mine. She was really hungry. She was totally dedicated. She would pay me 10 sessions up front. She would write me a check. Mm -hmm. She'd pay me 10 sessions up front. And then when she came, I asked her what was her central goal. And she told me her central goal. But throughout our coaching, we got all these satellite goals, but we never got the central goal. Mm. And then I kept telling her, I'm like, something's wrong. Like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe you're doing something. Something's not aligning because we're not getting the central goal. And people know that I fire clients. So for non-performance, if you're not going to transform, just God bless you, go. So she was like, Vivachi, just don't fire me. Stay with me. Uh, and I loved her. Like I have, I, I haven't coached her in years, but we still have an amazing mm -hmm. uh, relationship. And so I just couldn't get it together. But she's like, just stay with me. And a few weeks would go by, I'd bring it up again. And she's like, no, no don't worry about that. Just like, let's, let's all this other, other stuff things. is good. Yep. One year goes by. At the one-year mark, she gets on her coaching call. She had a coaching call every week. She gets on the coaching call, and she's like, Vivachi, I need to tell you something. So I'm like, yes, of course, it's your coaching call. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. So she's like, there's been something I've been too ashamed to tell you. And so I haven't told you this whole time. And then she told me the truth. One year later. Wow. And as soon as she told me the truth, I understood why nothing worked because I wasn't working with the truth. She said I was too ashamed. I had too much shame around the story. And I told her, I said, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you transform. Like, I don't give a fuck what your story is. Right. I care how you want to transform. So she couldn't believe that I had no judgment for this thing that was so monumental. She hadn't told people this was really eating at, away at her. And then so as soon as she told me, we worked on it and it was gone. And so that's the power of truth. The truth is so powerful. So now on everyone's first call, Mike, listen, I know you don't know me. 
But especially if you were referred to me, just tell me the truth on the first call. The thing that you have the greatest shame about, just get that out right away. Yeah. Give me the facts. I can help you transform if I have the facts. But if you're withholding a fact, I cannot help you. Nobody can help you because nice. you're withholding. Okay. So we talked about truth, transformation. Yeah. So now I'm going to throw it back to you about you. Ooh. This is what you do for I everyone like else. What's your truth and transformation? What's next for you? Well, as you know, a big thing for me right now is to scale my business. Mm-hmm. I was so excited with the outpouring of incoming global requests for coaching after um, buying Beverly Hills. I got... That's a, let me just say, that's amazing. First of all, I thought you were on multiple episodes. But no, it's just one. One. But it worked. But that's so much because you were powerful in that scene. People real or scenes, people really related to you. Yeah, and, it was like, yeah. first of all, I wasn't even sure if I was be on the show. So right. I know we taped it, but there was no guarantee that they were sure. going to use that segment. So I knew it was airing on November 4th, but I didn't really think I was on it. So I didn't even check Netflix on November 4th. But on November 5th, my mom was coming over and we we're having a mommy and me day. And I was like, oh, we could watch that show by Beverly Hills. Yeah. And then, but the tell was, I got this email in the morning from South Africa. And I was like, oh, I'm on the show. Because who else would, oh, when, would email right. me from yeah. South Africa? But it didn't say I saw you on the show. It just said, blah, 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 blah. Would love to hear about your coaching services, South Africa. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm watching the episodes before my mom gets there. And then I'm not on it. And then my mom gets there. And then I'm like, listen, I don't know if I'm on it, but I got this tell, which I don't know if it's a real tell or not. So we watched the um, third episode and fourth episode, I think, with my mom. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not on it because that scene came and went. And my mom, a true Persian fashion, she's like, why don't we watch one more episode? <laughs> and then I was like, I'll watch it because I love the show, but right. like I'm not on it. And then we watched it and then I was on, on it, it and right. it was amazing. And then immediately, I mean, I'm a one-man show. I've been a one-man show for 11 years. I have a lot of clients, but I don't have staff. So all of a sudden, all these emails were coming from all over the world. So like South Africa, Australia, all over Europe, all over the U.S., Cuba, India, Ecuador, interesting places mm. that they're like, could you coach us? And then at the same time, Instagram is like, follower, follower, follower. follower. I didn't know. I don't know anything about social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know how to handle my emails. I was just copy and pasting like something to everyone like, hey, I'm going to have group coaching, but I don't know when. And so I, it was very challenging to handle that influx. So, so is my that goal, what's growing out of this group coaching? Well, a group coaching and scaling the business to create a product that I can sell. So I could not obviously service all these people. Right. And so I wish I had had a product. Um, that I could sell, or I wish I had a coaching, a group coaching available, which I did not. So um, people want it, and I want to do it. So that's what's next for me. And I'm excited that's about amazing. it. That's amazing. So yeah. it's taking your platform and just exploding it. Yes. Amazing. Thank you. Lucky for a lot of people. Oh, sweet. Thank you. But you still got to coach me. I love you. <laughs> um, everyone, actually, yes. all my coaching clients are saying that because I've told everyone, hey, I'm phasing out of one-on-one coaching. Yeah. Or it's going to look differently going forward. Uh, and everyone's like, that's okay as long as you still coach me. It's, it's really sweet. All right. So there you have it. That was powerful. Thank, Thank you. you for sharing all that. We got a lot in in a short period of time. I have to tell you, and I mean this, thank you for everything you've done for me good. and our uh, our sessions, our coaching. You know, when you have someone good, a good professional in your life that's behind you and rooting for you uh, and can guide you and even spiritually guide you, 
it's very powerful. So I know in my own life, I've seen results. So thank you for that. Thank you for the privilege of allowing me to know the most sacred, intimate parts of your world that people are not privy to and that you trust me with that I do share a lot of things with you. I yes. know. I love it. <laughs> Could so. be dangerous. Never. Uh, no, it's safe. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. So anyway, everyone, if you want to reach out to Vivachi, please tell us tell us where you, they can find you and reach um, you. Now that I've learned how to do videos there on social go. media four minutes ago, it's at Vivachi Max Victor. My mm-hmm. website is fierceselfconfidence.com. And I can give you a link to that and a link to my story if anyone wants to watch. It. Perfect. And we'll, we'll thank you for having me. Up. It was great having you. I love you. Love you too. All right. So this is Steve Cohen. Leave any comments or questions below. And if you want to get in touch with Vivachi or have any questions, leave them as well. And we'll see you next time. The Steve Cohen with Real Talk. Thanks. Thank you.